0: Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for the 50-plus generation. Helping America's baby boomer live a life that matters. Your host is Dr. Dan Critchett, and the show is all about guests and topics that relate to the real-life challenges and opportunities of people in the second half of life. Today's show is brought to you by Second Half Network, providing resources and connections that are designed to educate, equip, and inspire. If you want to live a life that matters, Dr. Dan and his guests are in the studio and ready to begin today's discussion.
1: Let's listen in. And here we are indeed. We are welcoming you to second half now, a radio show for boomers. This is where we discuss the things that matter to us in the uh, 50 plus generation, where uh, we really want to live lives that matter, lives that count, lives that make a difference. And there's all kinds of areas of our life that we need to focus on so that we can exactly do that. So, happy to welcome you to the show today. I'm Dr. Dan Critchett, your host. Have you been watching the news lately? I mean, there is a lot of craziness going on in our world. Let me just mention a few things. In the news recently, floods, earthquakes, damaging tornadoes, fires that take out dozens of homes and businesses, terrorist attacks. And folks, that's just in the last couple of weeks. People are displaced. Lives are disrupted. So I'm wondering, what do you think? Is it the end times or just another couple weeks of news? So whatever the case, we want to uh, make note of the fact that these things are happening and it makes a lot of sense for us uh, to find ways that we can be prepared for, not the if, but for the when, some sort of disrupting event will come to your neighborhood. Could any of those emergencies uh, come to the place where you live and right around you or your church? I'm saying we'd be fools to think it couldn't happen in our area. So I'll say, too, that as a pastor for many years, I think of the possibilities of churches and faith leaders to step up and be there when emergencies strike. So I hope that gets your attention because we're going to be talking today about how to get some help about being prepared for individuals, for faith leaders, and for churches, why it's important and what can be done. We're going to depart from the normal format of our show, where we usually do things that are uh, not uh, specific in terms of time and or geography, but today we're going to talk about a local event coming to our area. We are in the Portland-Vancouver metro area, and uh, even though this show is heard in other, other regions, we're going to talk about the event coming up, which is the Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum, coming to the Oregon Convention Center. You can't get much more specific than that in terms of geography. And then in terms of time, it is November 1 and 2 of this year, 2016. So what we want to do is jump right into it. I'm going to introduce a couple of special guests that have a lot to do with this event and have the information that uh, that we need to, at least to get plugged in and get uh, get informed. So let's talk about it. Special guests in the studio today: Eric Cummings and James Autry. And um, so we're going to meet them and find out what is the big deal and why is emergency preparedness so important. So I want to thank you guys both, Eric Cummings and James Autry, for coming in today and welcome to Second Half Now.
2: Glad to be here. Thank you, Dan.
1: Yeah, we've known each other for a while. We've been through a lot. We know a lot. A lot of the same uh, events and same organizations and friends and so forth. But <coughs> Tell us uh, each what your role is in this uh, big event, and then we'll uh, get into some details. Let's start with you, Eric.
3: Sure. You know me. uh, I'm kind of shy, but I'll start first. Um, Eric Cummings, and I'm the director. I'm blessed to be the director of the Faith Leadership Conference inside of the Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum. Uh, It may sound a little bit confusing, but uh, my my background is in disaster response, disaster relief. About the last 12 years or so, uh, kind of the boots on the ground guy that organizes things and, and networks and gets just gets it done on the ground. So I've been up here about two years and blessed to be connected with James and all that he's doing up in the area. So, um, yeah, it's just a blessing to be here and to be part of this, this incredible move of God that uh, he's doing through this preparedness forum because it's going to affect all of us. And you guys
1: work together as a team. You don't have the same roles, or even kind of uh, working in the same area. But uh, let's hear about before we go over to James, Eric. A little more clarity, because I know when we first you and I first met at a Christian Chamber of Commerce meeting, you were fairly new to the Portland area, having come from is it Houston, or Houston, Dallas? Texas, yes, Houston, yes, sir. yeah. And you were involved in
3: some of the um, some of the disaster relief down there. Oh yeah, How'd I've been like I said for many many years, yeah. um, probably. I started getting involved with disaster relief back in 2001. Um, there was a little tropical storm called Allison that came through Houston. Hmm. Dumped 36-plus inches of rain on the Houston metro area in a little over three days. Wow. Um, so that's when I first started getting interested. Yeah. In and then cut my teeth uh, during Hurricane Katrina in Mississippi and responded to Hurricane Ike in Houston. I mean, the Haiti earthquake, um, you know, tsunami. Over in uh, East Asia, Sandy, tornado, you know, more Oklahoma tornadoes. So yeah, I've been involved in it for a little while.
1: Yeah, really hands on. I mean, you know what it's like to be in the midst of something, a place that has been devastated by an emergency. I do. I've seen
3: the effects firsthand afterwards, and and. Unless you've been there and seen it, and you know, as I say, you, you smell the smells and touch the touch and mm. talk to the people. You don't yeah. really have an idea right. not to you know play that down to anybody that hasn't been there, but it's a whole other world. It is, yeah. So now you're
1: kind of switching hats or being a little bit more laser-focused with the Faith Leadership Conference. Tell Correct. us That's right. a little bit about how that fits into this larger event.
3: Well, on, on, the, on the bigger picture of what happens after a disaster, about 80 to 90 percent of all of the actual on the ground work gets done by the faith realm, if you mm, will, the faith yeah. world, because we don't uh, necessarily have the same rules and regulations that the governments and emergency management organizations have to follow, right. Because they are in that realm. So, you know, we're the ones that get it done, and that's the importance that the faith leadership conference brings to the table is to let all the faith leaders in this area know that how important they are, um, first of all, being prepared, not only as a church and their individual families, but all of their their members or whatever that attend their congregations and churches and so forth, to just be, first of all, find out Well, what what do you mean disaster? What's that going to look like? And it can mean from a tornado, earthquake, down to a local gas explosion right in your neighborhood where Mm -hmm. your church is. Right. Or a power outage. Power outage. Yeah. um, You know, windstorm, ice storm up here. So,
1: I hope we have the ears of uh, those who are part of a faith community because we want to speak directly to them because this, your part of it, Eric, is for them. The whole conference, or the uh, Preparedness Leadership Forum, is for everybody. That's right. We'll hear more of that from James here, but uh, we want to get the, uh, the ears of anybody who is connected to a faith community, whether, whether it's a pastor or a, an attender or uh, just a participant in a local church or faith community. So, good. Thanks for that, yeah, Eric. Yeah, James, absolutely. let's switch over to you. You are a friend of Portland, a friend of KKPZ, and a friend of uh, big events and <laughs> all that stuff. So uh, let's yep. let's hear about you.
2: Well, I moved here 20 years ago uh, to work at KKPZ Radio for Crawford Broadcasting, and a couple years later, Mr. Crawford made me the station manager. And while I was doing that, I had been meeting with pastors and business people around emergency preparedness, and it was just a steering committee that we called Serving Our Neighbors. One of our pastors, George Ledoux, piped up and said, hey, let's give this the name, and it mobilized prayer and talked about preparedness, but we didn't really get a lot of traction uh, in the 1999-2000 times. And as I was here at the radio station, um, I saw a, uh, a TV special on the Cascadia subduction zone earthquake. You know, mm. I said, "Oh my gosh! I thought I got away from this stuff, yeah, moving away yeah. from Georgia with the hurricanes and tornadoes, and Southern California with all the earthquakes. And the big one is due to you know any particular point in time that's going to happen." So I met with the Portland Office of Emergency Management. They invited me to be a part of a quarterly meeting at City Hall to meet with the fire chiefs and the school superintendents and everybody to talk about emergency preparedness. And I went under the the banner of serving our neighbors and, you know, representing Christian Radio. So as I was managing the station, we really felt like that we needed to move our studios from McAdam into our facility here on top of Mount Scott, because we're the only radio or TV station in the entire metro area that has its studios at its transmitter building. Everybody else is disconnected. Okay. They're in an office or a studio somewhere else, and they have to get their signal up to their transmitter building through microwave or telephone lines. And in a disaster situation that's regionally, they're off the air. Ah, okay. But KKPZ, 1330 AM, yeah. <laughs> will be here. So uh, that's our goal and why we moved up here to this uh, state uh, facility and to just continue playing that role because Clackamas County is really well organized. And so that's been a passion of heart. And we've been wanting to do a big event like this for the last 15 years.
1: Wow. And here it is.
2: It is. (laughs) So the Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum is a two-day event, uh, like you said, on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, November the 1st and 2nd. It has five different tracks, one for business people to understand what you need to do to prepare your business, one for community responders, uh, people that are doing preparation and trainings Mm -hmm. and so forth to get better training, one for first responders, people that are in the area of fire and rescue and, and, and policing and so forth. One for IT cybersecurity, another huge area oh, okay. sure, yeah. uh, that's just developed, mm-hmm. and then the faith leader track, leadership track. So people can join up and uh, sign up for any of those tracks up in, for ninety nine bucks until the end of September, and they're both days. But we've limited the faith leadership to just on Wednesday,
0: Wednesday the second, exactly. Yeah. So
2: our training and our specific uh, targeted uh, presentations for for faith leaders. Uh, Jewish community, uh, evangelical Christians, uh, the LDS uh, Mormons, all those guys are engaging with us to come and bring their folks to learn from each other, to uh, see how we can collaborate together, be prepared, and be able to do that. And then anybody that attends can also come on Tuesday, the day before, and check out all those things. And then there's an entire floor of exhibitors, and the general public can... For 25 bucks, get two tickets. Or if they have a special code that they get from us that we'll release after the 30th, uh, they can actually uh, be able to uh, register at no charge and just walk the floor, visit all the booths, and be a part of uh, what's happening in the exhibit hall, and then visit our Serving Our Neighbors Pavilion. Let's
1: capture that right now. So you say there will be an access code where a person can use that code and actually get free admission into the event? For the
2: $25 for two tickets, the access to the floor, the code is for second half now, SHN. 2016, so okay. SHN for second half now uh-huh. 2016, or you can use SON for Serving Our Neighbors. Okay, 2016. So and either when, one of those promo codes work.
1: And when will that? When? When can they use that code? Those are active now. Oh, right now. Okay, yep. so they go on to the website and sign up. Exactly. And they can, and it'll be a place if you have a code, put it in here. Correct. Okay. Yep.
2: Right now, again, the uh, Faith Leadership Track, mm-hmm. the Faith Leadership Conference is ninety nine dollars. You can use uh, that code or another one we may release. Uh, to get it to keep it at ninety nine, because after September thirtieth, it goes to one forty nine. Because we've got a breakfast, we've got keynote speakers, we've got a lot of things happening, uh, and you've got a lot of value coming for that that price. But then, if you just want to go the floor and just visit all the exhibitors, connect to all the nonprofits sure, right, and so forth, right. then it's there's no charge okay. if you use those promo get codes. If you use the code, yep, <laughs> SHN two thousand sixteen
1: or SON two thousand sixteen. Yep, those are okay. up and running now. So, guys, here we are in the Northwest. We're in Portland. Now, you know, uh, there are some things that aren't likely to occur here, such as a hurricane or a tornado, although we did have one on Columbus Day back in mm-hmm. 1962, I think oh, it was. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So, um, but what are the, I mean, if people are, wherever people are listening, what are the kinds of emergencies that we just need to be aware of that something's going something's to happen? I mean, we had... We had, what was it called, uh, Spring Break Quake. We had an earthquake here, Yep. Uh, and we've had other things. I Mount, had a power Mount St. Outreach. Helens blew in yeah. 1980. <laughs> exactly, yeah, right. I yeah. heard
2: about that from my wife. She was yeah. growing up. I watched it on TV in South Georgia.
1: You know, I was uh, in seminary in St. Louis, and about four <laughs> days later, we saw this cloud coming over. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? It oh, was yeah. from yeah. St. St. Helens, exactly.
2: yeah. Big old ash cloud. And and I think about uh, five to ten years ago, St. Helens was, uh, you know, puffing again. Yeah. Uh, other local emergencies here again can be fires, um, f- in some floods uh, right. areas that have been flooded. Um, again, this conference is not about the big one. It's about any kind of emergency, right. any kind of disaster right. that your family suffers, yeah. your church, your your neighborhood, or the entire city and region. Yeah,
1: I had a power outage at my place yes. just down the That's hill right. here. You did. And it was, uh, I think it was overnight, and I, mm-hmm. I was amazed at how unprepared I was. You know, you get so accustomed <laughs> to, you know, you get on the computer and you turn on the lights and everything. Yeah, you got the work. the furnace and everything, and when you have no power, very vulnerable. So, um, and there's
2: another critical element that is uh, solar flares. Yeah, uh, The last one was 50, 157 years ago. And it fried uh, all of the uh, telegraph lines all across the country. Wow. And so uh, that's another uh, thing that a lot of people don't talk about, except behind closed doors. Right. uh, Where uh, it would be a a massive uh, event for the entire planet that would basically fry all of our electronics.
1: Yeah, or you have a elect- <laughs> electromagnetic pulse. That's what that you know, is. a that- oh, okay. solar flare yes, yes. that okay. has an EMP effect. <clears throat> yeah, this can be intentional. And it and, and, yeah. and intentional sure. aspects. There's yeah. there's
2: potential terrorist attacks, um, any kind of bombing, shooting. Right. Local churches have had uh, shootings and right. fires. Right. Uh, again, any kind of situation. This is what this is designed for. How do you—if you got people or buildings, property or, or people, you need to know what to do with that. Right. What to do with those assets, those resources, how to care for those people. That's the kind of stuff. And this is just the start of the conversation. We can't cover everything in one day or two presentations in right. a, in a, in a, uh, a, a discussion or panel. Right. This is just the beginning of the process, and we'll have more and more events going throughout next year that will lead up to another big conference next year. So the whole—
1: attention to emergency preparedness is going to be a part of our culture it is. and and should be, and this is sort of a launch event.
2: Because the critical element is that, that governments meeting together, business people sometimes meet together, yeah. sometimes the faith community, the general public has no clue. We right. want to bring everybody together, and that's right. what's unique and why everybody's wanting us to do this, is that they need us to convene them together right. to have conversations that they can't initiate themselves. Right. And that's the beauty of this event, and why this event's being replicated and going to 20 to other cities across the country. There's a need for this to have this type of collaborative thing take place across the country. And it's
1: starting here in Portland. It is. (laughs) So I'd like to ask you a question about the reasonable role of churches and faith leaders in a local regional emergency, and we'll have Eric address that right after the break. Don't go away. Hi, this is Dr. Dan, the host of this radio show, second half now. I want to have a personal word with you, our listener. As you know, our show is dedicated to the health and happiness of baby boomers, and there's a whole lot of us still around, some 76 million in the U.S., and over half a million of us right here in the Portland metro area. Like I said, there's a lot of us, and we're trying to make the most of our lives at this age and stage. On our show, we speak to the baby boomers in the core areas of our life. Number one, home and family. Number two, health and wellness. Number three, budget and finances. Number four, heart and soul. And number five, work and purpose. One of our roles is to connect the boomers with tried and trusted providers who can offer products and services with honesty, fair pricing, outstanding customer service, and uncompromising integrity. These are people that boomers will be able to know, like, and trust. We are currently looking for business people to join our team, people who have something great to offer in those core areas of life I listed and with the description that I just gave. Do you know anybody who might be a good fit for us? Someone with a small business? Someone who represents a larger company? Someone who can serve the boomers and needs more exposure? Someone who has... Something great to offer, but needs to get the word out. If you know someone, or if you are that someone, let's talk. We have some great opportunities to offer. Give us a call at 503-358-7762, or go to our website, click on the sign up button, and fill out the contact info, secondhalfnow.com. We have a great audience of Boomer listeners, and we're looking for great businesses to serve them. Go to our website at secondhalfnow.com or give us a call at 503-358-7762. Don't wait. The opportunities are limited, so let's talk.
0: Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment. Appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people plan for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step by step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715.
2: Property values are on the rise. Higher than they've been in years. It's time to take the equity in your home and do something different. 24 7 Properties will provide you with custom personal care to get the maximum value out of your home. Jeff Edmondson of 24 7 Properties is a licensed general contractor as well as a real estate agent, giving you the expertise on how to effectively get your home ready to sell at the highest price. Visit Jeff online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff
1: Edmondson, founder of 24 7 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling. Your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me 503 780 3030. 780 3030. And welcome back. We want to also mention that among our partners are Healthstone Senior Living, Transformational Finance with Stuart Funky. Dan the Mort, yeah, that's his name. Stuart, he says his middle name is Get Down, so Stuart Get Down Funky. Moving on, Dan the Mortgage Man with First Priority Financial, uh, Portland City Acupuncture with Mariko, The Next Phase Coaching, Eric Howard, and Dr. Dan Miller, Beaverton Chiropractic. So before the uh, commercial break, Eric, I uh, looked across the table at you and I'm thinking, how about what is a reasonable role for churches and faith leaders in the event of an emergency?
3: Great question, Dan. I just want to thank you again for providing us the opportunity to talk about this. It's so important. Churches a reasonable role, boy. That um, you know, that's kind of a loaded question. What is a reasonable role? I think, a, you know, to put it on a basic level, the reasonable role for all churches or 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 houses of worship is to be available for their community, no mm-hmm. matter what, no matter what. Right. To to not only have the community know that they can come there for help, but to be available to them when they do it. So, I mean, awareness, community awareness is very important, and, and to bring it in a little bit more in that is to, first of all, you have you need to make your people in your churches and houses of worship aware of what the possibilities are, Right. and let them know that our, our church and me as a pastor, we're going to get involved in this, and we need your help, right? Because we can't do all of this. So that's a very basic, reasonable role is to get involved. Just you know, make the make the decision. I want to get involved. We're going to do something.
1: What I like is the picture of um, uh, the people in your faith community knowing that when emergency strikes, I'm on the team. I may not know what that means right now, but and also as people drive by your house of worship Mm -hmm. or your church or your faith community location, uh, they may not come in and attend your services or participate in your things, but if they know that there's a place that I can go when emergency strikes, if you can make that known in the community. Gosh, I already got the uh, the flashcard from the engineer, and we are already getting down on time, so we want to wow. make sure that we're kind of zeroing in on the main stuff here. Let's talk about what it looks like when churches are prepared and not prepared. Can we do that briefly?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. After a disaster, after anything, ice storms, minor disaster, emergency, what it looks like if churches and, and leaders in those those um, organizations aren't prepared, it's going to be chaos afterwards anyway. and right. It'll be just mass chaos that way because without a church being prepared, you don't have the network established to be able to rely upon somebody or to direct somebody somewhere else. So you may not have this available at your church, but being networked and prepared together, you have a church down the road you can send them to. There you go. And that leads right into what it looks like to be networked. Right. That's what the network and being prepared is all about. You know who's doing what and can rely upon them to help you to help them. Does that make sense? It does, and it, it
1: makes me think of, uh, you know, in, when thing, when things are fine, we debate over theological issues. But when there's emergency, we come together and work together. Yep. I like that. And the
2: other critical element of that really opened my eyes was in February 14th of 2000. I was walking downtown. I, I'm going to take my wife to Valentine's lunch from the Hilton, and I, my sister calls me and says, James, we're okay. And I said, what are you talking about? A tornado just ripped through South Georgia and destroyed 200 homes just a mile from Mom and Dad's house. I said, you got to be crazy. Well, the church prepared all this food and First Baptist, and it all went to waste because the emergency people that came in had no clue where it was prepared. They didn't have the relationships with government and leaders to know who had put the the food together, and it all wasted. So the other critical element of this is us getting, as faith leaders, to get to know who is our emergency preparedness guy, who is this person that's in charge of this for my city, my county, building those relationships. And that will happen after this event, ongoing meetings yeah. of how you as a faith leader can plug in, how you as a business person can plug in, so that when something happens, they know I like, can trust you. Yeah. And that's the critical element.
1: And this gives the opportunity to find out what those connections are and to begin exactly uh, right. exercising those. Start the conversation. Those. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's the value of that, even though there will be – several thousand people there, you just you want to focus on knowing cer- a certain few mm-hmm. that are in the right place, and they, they want to know you, too, as yep. well. So so let's talk briefly about how they can... What's the website that they go to?
2: Well, the main website is eplf.us. Okay. That's Emergency preparedness Leadership Forum. They can okay. also go to servingourneighbors.org. It's on okay. the front page there. There's a video with uh, Larry Whittlesey inviting yeah. the, the faith leaders to come. Uh, They can go right to that, click on the the photo there, Mm -hmm. and be able to uh, log in. And then when you get to the site, you just click on the Portland event, because there's a lot of cities engaging, and then you go to the faith uh, tab there, and then that will give you all the information.
1: Okay. EPLF.us. .us. US. US. Okay. It's a great website. Lots of stuff there. So, all right, both of you guys, quickly, um, a final word to the pastors and faith leaders. What do you want them to hear?
3: We need your input. We need your ownership in this right. because we can come and tell you how, what our experience is, what we'd like to see, what we can do without the local buy-in, if you will, to be prepared to let your people know it's not worth anything. And we don't want to be here just for this event. Exactly, and that's I would reiterate that. This is your event. We're putting it on. We're
2: taking the risk to make it happen, but without your participation, it doesn't go anywhere. Right. So after this, we need you to help host trainings. uh, Be a part of educating your people. Find out what you need to know or what people in your church need to know so that you can move forward. I like that vision because pastors tend to be kind
1: of holed up in their own situation Mm -hmm. and kind of taking care of what they need to take care of but uh, when they can begin talking about network and working together and some of these important things, really critical. And just real quick, um, yeah. the,
3: the, the, the pastors right. and the leaders in the faith, we want your buy-in, but we know they're too busy. You can't do this going right. forward. Right. There's people in your church that will champion it.
1: Good. All right, thanks for listening today, folks. Second half now, a radio show for boomers. That's us, the 50-plus crowd. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Dan Critchett signing off, saying goodbye for now. And until next time, may God help you live a life that honors him and blesses others. That's it. We're checking out. Thank you, James and Eric. See you again soon. Thanks for listening to Second Half
0: Now with Dr. Dan Critchett on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Brought to you by Second Half Network. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.